Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. Yesterday, I heard three words. I heard time is up. Those are the three words I heard. I didn't know what it meant. I just heard time is up. And so I reasoned, well, that must mean it's time for all of the promises to be fulfilled. Which sounds really good. But I wanted to know, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me when you say time is up? You know, many of the most powerful words in the Bible are three words. It is finished. Jesus is Lord. God is love. God is light. You know, things like that. And so, time is up. What does that mean, Lord? And I was getting ready to go to bed at night. And I actually heard the voice of our pastor, Rick Godwin. And he said something I've heard him say many times. All storms have an expiration date. And the Lord said to me in my heart, that's what I meant, that time is up. For many of us, the storm date is getting ready to expire. And if you press in and take it with force, remember the violent take the kingdom by force. I mean, if you think you can sit in a chair and feel sorry for yourself and just hope it happens, it won't. If you just hope in the human sense of the word hope, which means wishful thinking, I hope it'll rain. I hope fall will come. I've lost hope about that <laughs> when you talk about wishful thinking. But Bible hope is a, is a confident expectation. Faith is now faith. In the book of Hebrews, it says today if you hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. And if you look up today, it means today. Morning by morning, you mercies I see. Great is your faithfulness. Today. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As they did in the day they provoked the Lord. Time is up. The storm has an expiration date. And then I began hearing scriptures, which I'm going to share with you. Psalm 102, 13. You will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion. Oh, but wait a minute. That's a mountain in Israel. No. Hebrews 12 says you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. There is a natural Zion. There is a spiritual Zion. We are part of the spiritual Zion, the high place in God. You will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion. For it is time to have pity and compassion on her. Yes, yes, the set time has come, the moment designated. How about this one over our nation, Psalm 119, 126. It is time for the Lord to act, for they have frustrated your law. 
Romans 13, 11, beside this, you know what a critical hour this is. How many of you know it's a critical hour? I mean, if you don't know that, you have obviously, you, I'm going to start calling you Rip Van Winkle and you just woke up. It is a critical hour. How it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep and rouse to reality. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The word salvation in this passage is the word soteria. It means deliverance, rescue, and safety. I like that word. Verse 12, Romans 13. The night is far gone. The day is almost here. Let us then fling away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. You can't walk in darkness and walk in light at the same time. You can't walk in criticism and fault-finding and hatred and judgments by, by what you're seeing on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, Newsmax, what, whatever they all are. The Bible says to fling away the works of darkness and put on the full armor of light. You're either in light or in darkness. You can't be both. You can't be both. You can't have one foot in the light and one foot in the darkness. You can't have one foot in, I have come to give you life and abundance to the full and until it overflows, and another foot in, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You can't have one foot in the kingdom of light and another foot in the kingdom of darkness. You can't do it. But that's what believers are trying to do all the time. I love this one. Never saw it until yesterday. I mean, I've read it. Lord knows how many times, but I've never seen it till yesterday. You know, the miracle of the water and the wine, right? right? And Mary has the mother of Jesus, has the servants there to inquire, go and, and, and tell Jesus, oh, the wine's gone. And you know what Jesus said to his mother? Dear woman... What is that to you and me? I would say, go to your room, Jesus. <laughs> now listen to this. My time, hour to act, has not yet come. Jesus said, my hour to act has not yet come. You know what Mary said to that? Whatever he says to you, do it. Speaking of the authority of the believer. Jesus said no. Mary said yes. <laughs> Wonder what would happen if we were more like that widow in Luke 18. The judge said no. The woman said yes. Don't think you don't have the power to accelerate the working of God in your life. Even if Jesus says no, say yes. Because the divine promises all have a seal, a stamp on them. Yes. And we say, amen. So I just love that. I just love that. The kingdom of the Lord, this is what I want you to know and remember, is faith operated and voice activated. I'm going to say it again. The kingdom of God is faith operated, and voice activated. That means you've got to speak it out. 
you got to speak out what God says. Oh, but my body, oh, I'm not healed. Oh, that's not what the word says. It says you are. Oh, no, the supply chain has been cut short. Well, God has a supply chain, too. Well, what's going to happen? I, I got a text from someone last night. I went to the grocery store. The shelves are empty. Well, then I guess God will just have to send that raven. It hasn't rained. Well, I see a cloud. It looks like a man's hand. I mean, the other night at our house, we had an outburst. I mean, and you know what? The sun was shining. And that's always funny to me because my mother always told me when it rains and the sun shines, this is horrible. It's the devil beating his wife. Not quite sure where she got that. But I just went, oh, Randy, the devil's beating his wife. But it was just glorious. Sun is shining bright. Rain is pouring down. And so I start my shouting and Randy just lives with it. What can I say? You might say, Lord, why is it taking so long? Well, I heard a, a gentleman who was a pastor in Waco tell a story I've never forgotten. He said that he was very short on money, very short. And he accepted an invitation to go speak at a church because he knew what they would give him. Now, don't ever, I mean, I don't care what it is. I don't accept invitations based on an amount or anything like that. That's what hirelings do. Read John 10. And so, but he accepted this and he preached. He got his envelope. He drove down the street, pulled over to the side of the road because he just couldn't wait to get his hands on that money. And it was far, far less than he'd ever been given. Not even enough to pay for his gasoline. And he was so angry. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I don't understand. You're never late. Now that's unbiblical. And the Lord spoke to him. Remember the parable of the ten virgins? And the Lord said to him, did I not say the bridegroom tarried? See, we say dumb things because we hear other people say, Phrases, And we take them as if they're gospel without checking it out. Lord, you're never late. Oh, really? He's been late a lot of times with me. Let me prove it to you. John eleven six. Lord, the one you love is sick. You know what the Bible says in John eleven six? He stayed two days longer. Lord, by this time he stinks. Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I am the resurrection and the light. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And who believes in me shall not die. Sometimes you got to roll away the stone. I look at that as rolling away the stone from our hardened hearts. Jeremiah 1, 11 and 12. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. And then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. I will hasten my word to perform it. That word hasten means to be quick, to do something, and cause it to happen sooner than it otherwise would. I'm hastening my word to perform it. How do you expect when you spend more time Googling the problem? 
than looking at what God says. I can't tell you the number of people. By the time they call me to pray, they've already Googled it. And you know what? You might as well pull the plug on the drain. The first thing you should do is come to Jesus. It's the first thing you should do. And this is what affects me so deeply. The Lord will never require of you what the cross takes off of you. Does he cause all things to work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose? Yes. But if the cross took it off of you, the Lord does not require it of you. The Lord will never require of you what the cross takes off of you. He is a yes and amen God. So move ahead with what you're trusting the Lord for. And I'm going to close with the scripture and a full circle story. And then we're going to have a beautiful testimony by one of my favorite people. I'm sure you know this scripture, but this is the season we're in. Amos 9, 13 through 15. This is the message. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now, God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim. One thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I will make everything right again for my people. God, your God, says so. Those of you who've been with me for quite a while know that in the spring, the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me, I'm bringing you full circle. I had no idea what that meant, but I liked it. I looked up full circle, and I just received it. Then I started noticing. Now, I'm speaking at the evening aglow next week on August 18th, and my whole message is going to be on full circle. But I don't have time for that now. I'm just going to tell you what my latest is. All kinds of things started happening full circle, full circle for Randy and me. It was just, it was really amazing. And just forgive my hair. I uh, had commas. I don't like commas. You know what they are? And so I cut it myself this morning and it was uneven. <laughs> so I texted my hairdresser and went, oops. Yeah, she'll fix it. That's the good news. <laughs> And so a couple of weeks ago, my mother texted me and she said, um, Sandy, the, I won't give you the address, but the house I grew up in until I was mm, 15, yeah, 15, is going on the market and I want to go look at it. And I said, oh, I'll go with you. That'll, you know, be interesting. And so... Most of you for my testimony on forgiveness, and, and I endured a lot of unhappy memories in that house. This was before my father was born again, and, um, you know, I had a lot of beatings, some severe, and a lot of things said to me that were, were damaging. Now, again, when my dad gave his heart to Christ, I was in my 20s, and he became the sweetest, kindest, most loving, amazing man you've ever met, I promise you. It, that in itself is a full circle. But that house did not hold good memories for me and my sister, period. And it's interesting because the sisters and I were texting about it, and, and one of them said, the only good memories I have in that house were Christmas. And the same here because my dad, that's when he was happy. He was happy at Christmas. 
But other than that, I mean, Randy and I are watching Christmas movies. I found a channel that is so clean. You don't ever have to be concerned about anything bad happening, and it's called GAC. I think it stands for Great American Country. Is it country or Christmas or Great Country? And so there's a lot of Christmas movies, and he's so sweet. Randy's so kind. He just endures, and he watches Christmas movies with me. I love, love, love Christmas. And so anyway, the night before, this was Thursday night, my mother texted me. She said, I have an appointment tomorrow at 2.30. Will you go with me to see this house? And I said, Mom, I don't know. You know, I'll see. Because I'm thinking, I've got so much to do, and that it's not near me. It's going to, you know, take a couple of hours or so out of my day. And, and I, after I sent that text, the Holy Spirit was like, you're going this is part of your full circle. I want you to walk through that house and every place that you suffered reclaim your identity. And so like, we go in the house and oddly, the people that bought it from my parents owned it until the time of their death. And except for replacing the roof from back in the day, some of you in my age category will remember this, back in the day, roofs were gravel. Anybody? We have a lot of young people in here, but some of you remember. They were gravel. So except taking off the gravel and putting shingles, the house was a wreck. It had the original Formica. <laughs> Probably young people, you don't even know what Formica is. Hopefully they quit making it. It's horrible. One car, little tiny garage. Still had the pink tiles Remember those? I don't mean the modern pink tiles. I mean, you know what I mean. Pink tiles in one bathroom, the blue in the other. It was a little tiny three-bedroom, two-bath, one-car garage house. And all six of us lived in it. And it had the accordion closets. You know, those old, still have everything was the same. Well, my mother and the realtor, and the ceiling was caving in, and I'm not kidding you. And the realtor is saying, oh, that's just settling. Girl, that ain't settling, honey. <laughs> Cracks this big, ceiling coming down. And so they, the same owners till the time of their death. And so mother and the realtor are walking through the house, and I am marching through that house, and I go to every place I suffered pain, and I took my life back. And I'm saying this to tell you, God is going to start giving you full circle opportunities. Don't miss them. Don't miss them. Because in that place, you will find redemption. And I don't know what that is for you. But I'm really, I'm so excited to share the testimony. Before I bring up our, our next precious sister, let me just say next week is our final session and then we will come back on September 9th. No, that's incorrect. 13th. September 13th. We will come back and begin our new season. We're so excited about it. Fall brunch will be on Pam's birthday. We're doing it just for her on October 11th. And, um, but we're not taking signups yet. It's too soon. They're offering buckets to help support 
the needs of this ministry in the back. And the teachings are on podcast. You can get on summitsa.com, scroll down to the Chosen app, and um, or to media, and then Chosen app. Or you can, of course, watch the live stream. And so, I think that's it. But now, this, this girl is so precious to so many of us. She is full of the joy of the Lord. And she has been through a very difficult season, but with a smile and with power. And so I want to bring up our precious little sister, Anna Caseda. And I know you are going to be so blessed by her. Sweetie, take the mic and go at it. been in such a quiet season with the Lord that everything he's been doing I never thought I would it would share with anyone but when Sandy asked me to, to speak I said Lord I refuse to keep quiet about what you've done I refuse to keep quiet about everything that you've been restoring in my life so here I am I have to read him but but I refuse to keep quiet. So if you find yourself in a season of disappointment or loss, the Lord sent me here today to encourage you and to declare that this is not a season of loss, but a season of redemption. He is redeeming all that's been lost, stolen, or even forfeited. And I wanted to declare to you today that this is your crossing over season. This is the season that you step into the greatest, most productive years of your life. The Lord has been doing such a fresh work in my heart. He's brought me back to when I first met him, back to the basics, back to the simple things that, that you should have learned as a child, that I should have learned as a child. And I've just been soaking in it. And I, I don't even want to leave that place ever again. I don't want to leave that first love ever again. The last three years have been the hardest of my life. I almost lost my marriage. The enemy tormented my children, uh, tried to steal my business, and attacked my, my mom, took my mother-in-law just a few months after that. But in all of this, the Lord showed me that his hand was on my life, that he's working all things together for our good. So growing up, my mom was a single mom. She was the hardest working woman I ever met. And we had it hard, but we always had enough. And it was hard because my mom was always working. She worked multiple jobs because she wanted a better life for us than what she'd had. She wanted to show the world that she could make it on her own without any help. And there were so many nights that she came home and collapsed from exhaustion, only to get back up and do it all again the next day. And I think every single family in our neighborhood had babysat us at one time or another while she worked. My brother and I were left from house to house and couch to couch as my mom worked overnight shifts just to make ends meet and pay the bills on our little duplex. And once we got older, mom was able to leave us alone a few times. And I always remember just being terrified, hiding under windows, like with my little steak knife, 
planning what I would do if anyone broke through those doors. I don't know if these are normal fears for all kids, but it's all that I knew. And for the next few decades, the enemy used those little fears to attach himself to me through deep insecurity, unworthiness, loneliness, depression, shame, and suicidal thoughts. And mom eventually married the most amazing man. And it truly changed all of our lives. But those seeds that the enemy had planted had taken root. And there was no one to teach me the power of the blood. There was no one to teach me that we could cut those off with the name of Jesus. I spent most of my life hiding from the world after that. I remember in elementary school, recess was just hiding on the playground. Even up to high school, lunch was hiding in the bathroom. I didn't know anything else but hiding. Hiding was like my safe place. When I turned 17, I really hit rock bottom mentally and emotionally. And I don't know how I ended up there, but one day I decided I had to get to a church. I ended up at the one place mom had taken us for a short time when she gave her heart to Jesus. Not knowing anything of what to expect, I drove myself there. I slipped into the back row and I cried and cried and cried some more that day as the Lord grabbed hold of my heart during that service. In an instant, every fear and all brokenness was ripped off of me. The darkness that had overshadowed, overshadowed me my entire life was gone. I became a new person. I'm guessing the change was so dramatic that you would not have even recognized the new me. The Lord embraced me with love, grace, and a security I had never known. He became my greatest passion and joy in life. I had never known joy, yet after meeting him, I couldn't keep quiet about his love. I would keep a stash of encouraging notes in my pocket in case I met someone, and he whispered to me that you need to go encourage that person. And I mean, I would just give them out everywhere and tell everyone about the Lord's great love. And it was my joy because I was so in love with him. My life had never had any kind of joy, and all of a sudden, I, I remember thinking, how did I ever get such a great life? And the only thing that had changed in it was Jesus. I jumped into church full force. I signed up for every Bible study, training, volunteer service opportunity I could find. I was there every time they opened the doors. I could not get enough of Jesus but as time went on, I began to get burnt out. I learned about the system of church, but there was no one to teach me about the presence of the Lord. There was no one to teach me who I am to the Lord. And I was just a child. I never stopped attending, but I did stop growing, and church became a very lonely place for me. Everyone had grown up together, and there didn't seem to be room for outsiders. I was desperate to belong. I was desperate for a church family to grow and serve with, for spiritual mamas to take me under their wings and teach me, correct me, love me through the hard things. Who would teach me about the simple things of the faith, like what it looked like to sit at the Father's feet or soak in the word until I could hear God whispering to me through it? I wanted sisters to love and laugh with, to be real with, who could see the real me and love me anyway. Who could see me not for the mess that I was, but who could point me to what life with Jesus should look like? 
For decades, I attended and served, but never really grew in my faith. My husband and I hopped from church to church, trying to find a place to call home. And in 2012, 2013, everything changed when I started attending Women of the Word. I would sneak in the back each week and sit in the last row and again, cry my eyes out, just like when I first got saved. Every single week. And for the first time in my life, it was like my ears were open. I would cry out to the Lord during worship and hear him respond. And then someone would come to the front and prophesy the exact words the Lord had just whispered to me. I would never talk to a single soul. I would just sit in the back and cry and then sneak out before anyone could see me. I would tell my husband, I have to be there. God always shows up. I didn't care that I was alone because he was healing things in me that I didn't even know were still broken. Now, I know that he wanted to show himself to me. He wanted to introduce me to his voice and his love, not just a system. He was inviting me into personal relationship with him. He was showing me his faithfulness and the great lengths that he had gone through to care for me. He showed me how he protected me all those years as a child. He showed me how tenderly he cared for me and watched over me. He showed me that it was him all along who was hiding me under the shadow of his mighty wings. He told me how all those years he was holding me closely to his heart, securely in the palm of his hand. All those families who cared for my little brother and I, so many nights who opened their homes and their couches to us. Not one of them ever harmed us or treated us poorly. Not, one did an, not once did an intruder break through our doors and me have to use my steak knife, nor did we ever run out of money or food or clothes to wear. We always had what we needed. Every day he was helping me mature and grow and stand on my own two feet without feeling like I need to, needed to run and hide any longer. As he healed me, he began placing spiritual mamas in my life to accelerate the growth. Vita Lacey opened up her home to a handful of mamas, and week after week, we sat in her quiet little upstairs living room, sharing our hearts and struggles and praying for one another. She taught me how Adam walked with God in the garden and shared her heart and passion for doing the same on this side of heaven. Rita Weaver invited me into her home for a full day of prayer, inner healing, and deliverance. She heard the cries of my heart and sat with me at the throne of grace until every stronghold from my past was cut off in the name of Jesus. Pam Williams taught me how to seek and hear the Father's heart and how to be the type of woman who stands with the Lord in his word no matter what we see in the natural. She prayed me through my hardest days and always encouraged me to go boldly to the throne in my time of need. And Sandy, the morning my mom moved to heaven, she called me. And when I could not utter a word through the tears, she started prophesying over me and my family. The most life-giving words straight from the Father's heart. She taught me to quit letting the enemy walk all over me and stop making my back like the ground. Week after week, her labor and prayer and in the word has transformed us all. Now, I know why the Lord has not allowed me to stay on my own in this season. He sent these women and others to strengthen and prepare me. He's been teaching me to stand strong in him instead of running and hiding. The last three years have been the hardest of my life. The enemy tried to rip my marriage apart, torment my children, destroy our business, even steal my life. And take away both my mom and my mother-in-law with within a few short months. 
But I never had to face these hardships unprepared. All the time in his presence. And all the women he sent to teach me were helping me grow. They were teaching me that I never stand alone. They were teaching me that the Lord fights for us. And never again do I need to run and hide. So when the biggest trials of my life came up these last few years, I did not fall apart this time. I stood strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Instead of running from him or running from church, I knew there was a safe place to rest and heal and rebuild. With so much love in his voice, I heard him say that he's been maturing me. That's the time in this season, it's, he's given me the opportunity to grow. That there's a new generation of women and girls who need everything that I've received in these last few years. They need spiritual mothers and sisters to stand with them and encourage them. To help them know they are loved and cherished and needed in the family of God. To let them know that there's a place for them here. A few days ago, the Lord gave me confirmation. My daughters and I found a cicada or a chichata attached near our front door leaving its shell. Have you guys ever seen that? I, I had never seen that. I started taking pictures like, what is this? And so I Googled it. And I was, I was blown away by this. I did a little research and it said that chichatas spend over a decade underground sucking juices out of tree roots. Then when the time is right, they climb out of the ground, climb up a tree, and transform into full-grown adults with wings. The harvest is so ripe, my friends. Every time I come to church and see a new face, I see my own face just a few short years ago. Desperate to feel like part of a family. Desperate for someone to link arms with and tell them that they're not alone. To tell them that the Lord has beautiful plans for their lives. And that he will redeem the broken things. A few days before my mom moved to heaven, she looked at me and said, You know that they say once you lose your mom... You become an adult. Just like that little creepy bug was ready to become an adult and, and get her wings or his wings. I wasn't ready to hear those words that night. But I know the Lord's been whispering them to me this year. He's been preparing me and you for such a time as this. The church is desperate for spiritual mothers and fathers. And we cannot survive if we only have a handful of mamas. It takes a village to raise up this next generation of world changers. It's time to rise up and find your place, my beautiful sisters. No matter how young or how old you are, there are women who need you. They need us to step out of our comfort zone and reach out to them. The Lord has ordained lives and families and nations for you to impact with your obedience and faithfulness. So here's my full circle moment with the Lord. The Lord showed me how he redeemed the time with my mom from my childhood. Where she couldn't be around much early on, we spent more time together in the last decade than almost anyone I ever met. We were inseparable. She did every, we did everything together. The Lord took those years and turned it into a lifetime of memories and friendship. The Lord has given me three incredible daughters of my own. And while I was put to bed by strangers, I now get to put my own girls to bed every night. I get to disciple them and teach them how to know, trust, and worship the Lord. They will never walk in fear, rejection, depression, shame, and loneliness in Jesus' name. 
The Lord gave me spiritual mamas where there was once a a season where there was no one to teach me. I now thank the Lord every day for the women who poured into me and prayed me through the hardest season of my life. I hear him say to me, it's time to be an adult. It's time to let go of what's in it for me mentality, the victim mindset, or the outcast attitude. The church needs women to rise up. The Lord's been bringing me back to the very beginning to when I first met him, that broken, scared 17-year-old girl. Somewhere along the way, everything got complicated, but Jesus never changed his mind about me or you. The gifts of God are irrevocable. He loves us the same now as he did back then. He's bringing me back to my first love, back to the simplest things that I wish someone would have taught me as a little girl. He's redeeming my wasted years, giving me a fresh start with a great commission. He's inviting you and me to be a part of his great story to make our lives count for him on this side of heaven. Let's not waste these precious assignments. You were born for this. He's equipped you and paid the highest price for you to rule and reign with him on earth just as it is in heaven. I hear the Lord declaring over his daughters that he's prepared you to be a mother, that his spirit is on you. He's anointing you, anointed you to bring good news to the poor. He's sending you to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom to the captives. He's sending you to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He's giving you a crown of beauty for ashes and a joyous blessing instead of mourning and despair. You will be like oak, great oaks that the Lord has planted for his glory. You will be part of the rebuilding and repairing of destroyed cities. You will be called priests of the Lord and ministers of our God. You will feed on the treasures of the nations. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. No, Anna, no, 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 no. How, how's the right way to say your last name? Quesada. Quesada, yeah. Mi español no está bueno. That's all I know. How many of you really are desiring somebody to link up with? See, if she had quit and just been the little crying girl that just sat in the back and snuck out, you can see what a powerhouse God has made, Anna. How many of you, if you need someone to link arms with you, just stand up right where you are. Just right where you are. Come on, this is your opportunity. Come on, anybody else? Everybody else is just well equipped. Okay, good. All right. Okay, I want others to gather around these women and show them the love of God. You know, it would really be cool get their numbers, start texting, offer fellowship, offer love. That's what we're here for. See, it took bravery to stand up, and Anna's going to pray because she has that anointing. Okay, so look at the women that are standing. Get busy. Like this little pretty blonde, Sandy, she has my same name. She just moved from Seattle. You know how hard to come from another state and find friendship. Okay, and I want you to pray. Yeah. 
Father God, I thank you that heaven is open over us today. I thank you that your spirit is falling on us like never before. That you are raising up mighty men and women of yes, God. Lord, yes, yes. Who will stand in the gap for one another. Hallelujah who will cry out for their brothers and sisters, who will have eyes to see the hurting and the broken around them, who will have boldness to go after those who stay in the shadows, who have eyes to see the people that may feel unseen. Yes. And I ask that you raise us up, Lord, not just a handful, all of us, raise us up, Lord, to be those yes, men Lord. and women, to be the church, to be your people, to dig deep with one another so yes. that you can send us out. And I ask for deep roots. Yes, Lord. Deep roots in you first. Deep roots in the church and with yes, one Lord. another. Yes. It can only come from your spirit, That's Lord. Right, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. So I ask for a supernatural touch today. Yes, Lord. That relationships would be formed and bonds would be made that yes, cannot Lord. be broken. Amen. I ask for multipl multiplication, Lord. That just as the first church... In the book of Acts, they multiplied as they met every day together, breaking bread and worshiping you and praising you. Multiply us in that way, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. Beautiful job, Anna. Who has hair like this? Gorgeous. Just gorgeous. You can put it down there, baby. Thank you. You did a great job. Get, you know, before you leave, get the number of some of these women and begin to reach out and communicate with them. I want, to, I want to tell you another full circle that happened, and then we're going to do prayer groups. I have one and only person that I would call my godmother. I met her when I was 24 years old. She is honestly the godliest woman I have ever known. You have heard me talk about her many times. She's the one that prophesied that I would have a daughter on August 28th. And that was 14 months before she was born. Now, you can't get more accurate than that. She was born on August 28th. And did I already tell you all this story? I told you last week, did I? Yes, no, you don't know. Okay. And anyway, so we always kept in close contact, but they're ranchers, and it got to where she didn't have a phone. Her husband said, I'm the only one that needs a phone because, you know, he's retired. And, and uh, I mean, I could tell you stories about her and everything she has said to me has happened. This little girl, when she was three years old, sat in a field and said, Jesus, I love you so much. I want everything you have for me. And uh, he did it. <laughs> and so about three or four weeks ago. Well, so we lost contact and I had her son's phone number. And so I would occasionally text the son and ask how she was doing and, you know, things like that. So about three weeks ago, I was praying and I just said, well, Lord, I would just, I would just, I know that term, give anything, but that's about how I felt to be able to communicate again with her. And her name's Sandy, just like mine. And so I texted the son, and I said, um, I want to see how your mom's doing. She's really on my heart. And five minutes later, I get a text back. Sandy, this is me. She said these exact words, your timing is perfect as usual. 
Well, her little three-year-old, all of her children are like a mother's dream. They are godly, love Jesus. I mean, you name it. It's like ridiculous. And not only her children, but her grandchildren. And so she said, I want you to pray. And her great-grandson, her, uh, her daughter and son-in-law, or, I don't know if it's her daughter or her son. No, it's her son and daughter-in-law are missionaries. And they were going to come back. You know how missionaries do a furlough. And uh, they stopped in Hawaii for a conference with 5,000 people. And this, their little three-year-old, who is her great-grandson, got on the plane walking and was crippled when he got off the plane, could not walk. And he had been stricken. Some of you will know what this is. It's called Guillaume Barre. It's known as French polio. And uh, so they, they got him to another city, which happens to have the foremost hospital. They were going there anyway. The foremost hospital for this virus. It's a virus. And it usually follows, it's kind of a tag on for something else, but he didn't have anything else. <laughs> and this is the most beautiful little boy you've ever seen. I mean, he's just a gem, three years old, completely paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, she said, I, I want you to agree. So we started, and she said, I've only asked certain people that will pray in faith. And so we just began to enforce the word of God. Every time I got a scripture, I'd send it. And, you know, the end of the story is this child, and, and they said he may never walk again. They, who is they? Can I tell you something? When they say something, don't listen. Who they is. They said he may never walk again, but it, you know, it'll take a very long time. There is a child on the room next door and the other room, both stricken with the Guillaume-Barre because this hospital specializes in that. After maybe less than two weeks, the other day she was there, the child gets up out of the wheelchair and walks. And we had been declaring he will walk out of this hospital. Now, they don't let you do that. We all know that. And I understand why, because there is a liability, but he can walk. Just walks perfectly. The nurses, the doctors in love with this child, the family's a witness. They're testifying to the power of Jesus. The doctors are shocked. The, the nurses are, this doesn't happen. And this child is healed. And so, see, and, and meanwhile, the son that I always texted gave my godmother his phone. And he said, I want you to have this from now on. So now, full circle. This woman I met when I was 24 years old that has been the one flesh and blood that has discipled me. I'm now connected to again. So I'm just telling you, look for those full circles. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.